0: What time is it? It's time for Rick at Jersey, mike steve no dave again how unfortunate but we do have a very special guest uh we'll get to in just a moment uh but first things first mike
1: how are you um steve i'm fucking tired man i'm just tired just tired um lucas started soccer again turns out uh he uh he has decided to become a lunatic like our good friend uh Guglielmo vicario uh and join the the ranks of the of, of the the goalkeepers union um guliemo is that what you said guliemo yeah it's Guglielmo vicario um that but doesn't he's, uh, sound lucas, right but i don't know lucas is going to gonna be playing going to be in goal on friday night uh for his indoor game um for at least one half uh he, he does this stuff outside in the yard it's you know and uh Turns out he's actually pretty good at it, but I don't know if, he, you know, he's quick enough to be, you know, the sweeper keeper type, but we we will get into that kind of talk later on. Um, how are you doing?
0: You know, I'm, I'm pretty tired myself. It's uh, you know, one of those days dreary it's fucking Tuesday. You know how it is. It's, it's Tuesday, it's but it's you know, we'll
1: stay on the calendar.
0: You know, Mike, for all that we complain about being tired, our guest is probably even more tired than the pair of us. I have the absolute pleasure of reintroducing for the first time in fucking years at this point. Since since season one. Since season one. Our good friend, Nicky Winks. Nick, how's it going?
2: It is going. I am hanging out in London. So not as tired as you guys are yet. I will be tomorrow and probably the rest of the week as I spend several hours on a plane tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, but you got it. Yeah. You got a little one to chase around
2: when you get home. Just look, look forward to all the fun stuff.
0: It'll be relaxing
2: I can't wait to just lay there and just let her climb on me on the floor and jump up and down and I can just be a trampoline on you. That's just fun. be, just be.
0: <laughs> if you're gonna do <laughs> that just for please me, right in the brain <laughs> uh yes yeah, so vermont to london now were you in london for anything in particular I, I i heard our little rumor that you were doing you know something just a little bit special
2: yes you you heard that correctly i brought um my daughter's dinosaur toy that we purchased in europe that needed to come back So he expressed a desire to go to uh, the Big Ben, um, Bath. He got a thing with Romans. And then um, the Spurs match. So got to go to uh, the Tottenham and Chelsea match last night at the new stadium. And it was, the match was frustrating. The experience was unforgettable you know that's what that's why we want to
1: hear i i I really want to know did the uh did the dinosaur uh get to experience uh the 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 tottenham pub experience pre-match pub experience as well
2: oh he did yes he did um so the dinosaur got to experience a whole lot of tottenham to be honest with you um i can start uh i i connected with our friends at boston spurs they were uh wonderful to include me in literally all of their plans from dinners and lunches and car rides and everything else um to a tour of the training ground where we got to watch a U18 match where they lost to Crystal Palace but it was pretty fun uh while there we got to meet uh Jermaine Defoe we got to meet Pat Jennings um and then we also got to see some of the cars that the players were driving out when they were leaving um, but we weren't allowed near them because it's kind of like a fortress, which was which was kind of cool. Um, and then we we waved to all the fans that were waiting by the gate because we were riding out in a Tesla that was an Uber, but you know, they didn't know that, so <laughs> they just assumed we were players and we all just waving, you know. Um, so that was fun. Uh VIP so di- huh? The Dino was with me for that, and uh as well as the two tours that I got to take of the stadium. So I got to take two different tours with the dinosaur. Uh, first one with Boston Spurs, and we got to meet um Aussie, the legend from Argentina, the World Cup winner. And our first, I think he's the first international signing that Spurs had ever had, um, which was a fun fact to learn. He uh one of the nicest dudes ever. I was sitting there just kind of admiring the stadium, and he sat next to me and Asked where I was from, I said Vermont, and it took him a second. And he asked about, "Is that where Ben and Jerry's is?" I was like, "That is exactly where it is." <laughs> um, and he was uh, nice enough to say hi to Mike and uh, and his boy there. Yep, on we were time. out we were
1: out picking up grippy socks for Lucas's uh, season. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very nice. Um, but then uh, yeah, match day, the little Dino came with me to the second tour where we got to. He sat on the match ball, which was funny. And I had the same tour guides and they thought it was hilarious. So um, he got to sit in big Angie's seat. Uh, We got to hold a press conference together. That was fun. Um, I I didn't really nail the mate after the questions, but I tried. And uh, and then we went on a pub crawl with the Boston crew. (laughs) And they don't slow down. (laughs) (laughs) each of them had a and i followed suit um each of us had a giant pitcher they're bigger than our our pitchers um and cheaper too uh but we we hit we hit the uh the beehive we hit gosh i think the royal antwerp was another pub we then went i i went after my tour to the uh Gosh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but the uh, the pub that's also inside of the brewery. Oh, Beavertown also- pub. Beavertown, which I learned was just purchased by Heineken.
1: Fun yeah, fact. I just I just learned um, that as well.
2: And uh, and then we ended the uh, the the pub tour at uh, Bricklayers, which is a very well known establishment across the street from the stadium. It's got hundreds of scarves, and it now officially has a Vermont Spurs scarf that's going to be. Uh, hanging in the rafters i told him to take down the rochester spurs because no one likes rochester but <laughs> vermont spurs is uh is going up they were very excited to have it and i i sent sent you boys a photo uh of, yeah that was uh, good stuff but uh, up.
0: look credit where it's due rochester has garbage plates and those things are pretty damn
2: tasty Fair, fair. if you're if you're looking for a heart attack
1: I, I hey, I didn't say they were good for you. I just said they were tasty. The thing with like a scrapple and shit on it, right? Or is that Ohio? Uh I might be Ohio. I mean, yeah. I just have Fuck like
0: but... fucking, you know, French fries, mac and cheese, like okay. hot dogs, okay. like just all on one big plate. It is it really is just a, a big heart attack, but uh I mean, <laughs> damn. It, in my twenties, that was good. Oh, well, there you go. Now it would probably kill me, but <laughs>
1: Uh you're agent for you right? Shape. It's fine. I know all about that. So I I think we have uh we have a little something to talk about and I, I think that uh might as well just jump right into it because uh let's rip the Band-Aid off. Um we had a match that happened um without if, Harry Winks. With without Harry Winks unfortunately. Um <laughs>
2: i had to
0: give him the shout out i mean how often do we get to talk about harry wiggs with i the learned he was wiggs?
2: the very nice guy around the training ground and i also learned that eric dyer is everybody's favorite person at the training ground huh. no kidding no kidding apparently he is like the sweetest dude on planet earth unless you give shit to his brother
0: yeah then he's climbing stands trying to punch you in the face um <laughs> listen it's-
1: I, I think that I think that uh we can just get right into talking about the match. Um if you guys are cool with that. Uh, and and uh, we'll ask Nick his perspective because he was in the in the in the stadium. Um, but for me, uh, watching here on TV, I really thought that like those first 16 minutes to to 20 minutes of the match, Spurs had them had Chelsea absolutely befuddled um playing out of the back um you had a doggy pushing up you had you had Madison coming back to receive balls um you had SAR filling in space like they had no idea how to defend against against an attack that that not just played out from the back like you know like Pep and City do but an attack that really, is super free-flowing it, it it and i said it a couple weeks ago it's like a jam band it's just like you never know where it's going to go or where people are going to be coming into space to receive balls or or where passes are going to be or or who's like who's who's receiving the passes in fact because there were a couple of times where i was like what the fuck how did Star get the ball you know um where he come from? Yeah, when where when I thought that you know Madison would be receiving the ball, he just kind of either ran over the top of it or you know I, I mean I, Chelsea were befuddled and and things were looking really really easy and I think you know to Decky's credit he didn't hesitate on the ball uh, this week like he like he did last week um, he got a shot off and uh, and whether it was a shot or a cross you know who knows it looked like a shot to me. I don't know what Nick thinks, but like um, it looked like a shot to me and that ball got deflected and, uh, and, and got Sanchez, you know, in the end. Um, I, I think that um, where it turned for me watching at home was, um, was the adoge challenge, the two footed challenge where it, I I think uh it kind of woke up Chelsea maybe um, and things started to turn from there and maybe chances started to be taken, but I think Chelsea said, wait a minute, we're not going to let you fucking do this to us. Um, and they started attacking more. They started pressing harder. Um, they were pressing with, with players that I, that with their, w- with midfielders dropping their, dropping their front forwards back and pressing with midfielders and then, and then switching that up. Like, for the next five minutes and, and things that's when things got out of control, like battle of the bridge style. But um, I, I, what was it, what was it like in the stadium? Was it the same type of feeling? Was it like, this is going to be just a fucking absolute battering. And then it just turned into shit.
2: So I would say one, the first, yeah, I'd say the first 15 or so minutes of that match, the stadium was just, the whole time though, the stadium was electric and it was nuts. And I think uh, you know, going jumping to the end of it where we, you know, everybody was the place was barely empty, and everybody everybody singing Big Ange and Vicario's names and clapping for all the guys. Uh, you know, there was easily forty thousand plus people that stayed 10 minutes after the whistle blew, um, to cheer, and that was great and sing and uh, that first 15 minutes or so, I would say, yeah, the place was, you know, the Kulicevsky goal was was nuts, that the place went crazy. I think I got, got a cool video of it, sent, sent it your way. Uh, I think things started to get kind of weird when Suns goal got called out for, like, having a toenail offside. And uh, what's interesting is, so, you know how there was 20 some odd minutes of VAR throughout the whole game or whatever it was? None of that is shown on the screen. So all you get in the stadium is a lot of angry people yelling obscenities at the referee and at each other. So, and it's not just adults. There's kids that are yelling. (laughs) You know, you hear people yelling, you know, kids doing jog on to a ref. And you're like, that kid's nine. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's just in their culture, I guess. Uh, But so the stadium was... I can only imagine the stress of watching it, but at least you guys could see what they were doing. So we didn't know about like Romero's red because we were, they were checking offside. They were checking a handball and then they checked the, the, you know, the, what ended up being the straight red The challenge. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah. Um, it was the goal. It was a goal from Connor Gallagher. Right. And they they were offside. Yeah. And, and we couldn't, see it cuz they wouldn't show it on the screen until after it was all done so we all sat there for like 9 minutes yelling um confused and not knowing what to do but you know you think of Chelsea in the match like even with 10 men we were winning that game there was they didn't know what to do they didn't know what to do until the 90 the 70 something odd minute once Dyer's the or you know they scored their second goal and then die again Dyer was off because or betencourt was off for you know a belly button hair and then that gets ruled out and they score immediately after that which is shit and you know I still don't think they knew what to do cuz we were playing such a high line which normally when you're down to you know eight outfield players you're you're parking the bus and mm-hmm. here we are like nope we're going to hold this high the highest possible line so much so that, like you know, you see all the old Spurs players tweeting about it, like Vertonghen's. Like I've never seen that before, and I, I don't. I think the fact that, and also you know, credit to Vicario was a god in in that match, and I, I think the uh, it it really took them. It took us getting down to nine guys and being completely gassed for them to finally break through. And I think part of that is, I don't think Maurizio knew what to do. I don't think the Chelsea players had any idea what to do. They were constantly called offside, particularly Sterling. He was very much always out of, he was always being played off. And it's, the stadium was, so it's hard to describe it was like being in a very tense like meeting where everybody you know everyone's angry you know everybody's real or like you mess up and like mom comes in and like like oh god what's gonna happen like i know or dad comes home or somebody comes home and they're gonna like chew you out for breaking something that's like important it just felt like that unease like what's gonna happen and I will say, you know, you read a lot of stuff online and, and people posting things about like you know, dire shit and all these other players suck and the club is shit and Levy sucks. When you talk to fans like when we were talking to folks at the match because I was there by myself at you know, where I was sitting. um that was like non-existent. and it was a lot of folks who really like understood what was going on um, were all just like, completely bought into big ang and ang ball and it it was i think one of the only times you can lose four to one and walk away with a shitload of positives that like like in what world do you lose four to one and then everybody in the stadium's excited about the future because we had guys that were you know guys that had been on the in the squad for you know years who we're out there playing out of position, you know, Emerson was playing as a left back or a right back, like a left or a set, like a, you know, a center defender with Dyer. And, you know, they're, they're just throwing everything they possibly could out there and buying into this new system. And the the place was just incredible. Um, But it, it was I also think it spoke volumes about where Chelsea is that you could spend a bit. That was a billion pounds sitting out, standing on that field, like one billion pounds on that field for Chelsea in blue. And they didn't know what the fuck to do. I got to tell you, Again, Mujer, Mujer did Dyer, not impress me Oliver, whatsoever. Eric Dyer, Oliver Skip, Hoiberg, Emerson. They didn't know what to do. And you're like, these guys cost how much? Like, do you have a receipt? Can you send them back? You know, <laughs> and, that's
0: exactly how i felt about enzo fernandez watching him do again whatever it another was he guy was trying to do you spent how much money what 90 100 mil on him and he was just
2: awful awful i mean he was yeah he was what i think 80 million pounds and Mud- Modric mudrick was 100 or something and they went in for each other because they both can't play well together it was ridiculous yeah, Reese James
1: couldn't handle anybody. He Had nine hundred year old Tiago out there trying to, um, trying to, you know, f- f- fuck with Romero, which he did, and got under Romero's skin. Just
2: lost with the second red, and that yeah. was it. Wasn't, you know. I, I think also, I think the biggest casualty of the match was was you know Van going down. Mm-hmm. I think that was. That's going to be really hard for us to recover from, I think, especially as we continue to play a high line. He's like the fastest dude in the league. Um,
0: yeah, that dude's got wheels.
2: Romero's a walking yellow card still. I think he repressed it for several matches after he got his vice captaincy, and he's like, I'm going to tone this down. And he's nope, he's still. Yesterday's match, you know who a few of us were chatting like at halftime? Uh, <laughs> we're like, you know wish we still had? Lamella. Because he would have gone out there and started slapping these fucking Chelsea players, stomping on feet, kicking motherfuckers, and it would have (laughs) been funny. Funny, at least. We need, yeah, we need a shit. We need it. Well, we need a shit who knows how to get away with it. Yes. So, yeah. Or Charleston's a shit but he doesn't know how to get away with it. And now he has
0: a pelvic injury, apparently.
2: Yeah. yeah, we'll
1: see what that what that turns out to be. But, Nick, you know,
0: the, the interesting thing, like watching it on our side, uh, you know, with the TV commentary and all that. So VAR, yeah, like, yeah, we had the uh, ability to see the replay, but I think, you know, this is one of those rare times where I'm. In agreement with the commentary team, because they're they just sitting there like, What well, is it gonna take 10 minutes for you to look at the same thing 30 times and not make a decision? Like if it's not obvious, let the call on okay. the field stand. Like that's that's just it. Um, but they scrutinize everything. And for season. Chelsea,
2: too. Like it really yeah. was Chelsea, like Chelsea got shafted on one of the goals too.
0: Yeah, it was, but th- that's a thing, right? Like it's almost like we've we've and I'm using we as like the greater footballing community have sort of bullied them into this position where nobody wants to make a mistake so they are looking at every tiny insignificant detail to make sure that it's correct and at the end of the day it's still not a guarantee
1: and let's be um, fair Steve the the loudest voices the loudest voices in that room are always and this is 100% undeniable fact Jurgen Klopp and Mikel Arteta they are the loudest voices in the room, and no matter what Arteta said in his post game this week, I don't like to call out the rest bullshit. That's all he ever does, and he's constantly out of his box. Never gets carded, which And got carded for this week for being out of his box.
0: Yeah, he gets away with a lot. Um, keep, the uh, other keep, thing, keep, keep going. <laughs> the other thing that was interesting, and I, I don't know that you would necessarily get that in the stadium, was. Um, Sort of the, the post-match reaction, which kind of surprised me, too. Um, you know, Chelsea won that game 4-1, to one, but who were people talking about at the end of the game? It was Spurs. It was how great Spurs looked and how much they bought into Ange and the belief and and how they should be proud. And that's just such a weird thing, right? Like, Jackson got his first hat trick, and he's only scored six goals total, and yet, who's talking about Jackson? Nobody nobody gives a shit about him they're all talking about how all these players fought till the last minute gassed and broken and the stadium like you guys over there in london you all cheered them like it's just so wild to think about even mike was like dude you fucking tim howard is saying a good thing about spurs for once
2: yep yeah it was Yeah, we we didn't get the after the match commentary. I actually watched it this morning um, on Sky Sports here, and uh, but it was nobody cared about Chelsea. Like, it was you know, they could have won that you know, we got a lot of flack because, you know, similarly, we beat Liverpool when they were down two men or whatever, but you know, Liverpool's Liverpool. They're not Chelsea right now, which they don't really understand like what they are. And I imagine maybe in another year or so, if you know Mar- Mauricio's around and things start to click and they you know firm up their defense a bit more and stop giving out baseball contracts, maybe he'll be challenging for you know top four and maybe even a title. But I think the fact that we bought into Big Ang's style of play as quickly as we have and you know looking back at who he's coached previously you know Celtic and the team in Japan and Australia that it's always that second year third year where he really starts to get everybody going I think it speaks to also how good our players are like even our our role players you know Skip able to go out there and do well Hoiberg go out there do well Dyer go out there and first match of the season he's like, like go out and Go out and be the only center back now, and replace these two, you know, Rolls Royces. And he goes out there, and he's looking like he's a Rolls Royce for for the match. And you're like, well, wow, this might not be that bad. And I think what was the most amazing thing about being in the stadium and talking to them, nobody lost hope in that game. We were sitting there, we're like, we're good, we're good. Even when Madison left, we saw Benker coming on. We're like, we fucking got this. We're gonna be fine. And it didn't go away until the third and fourth goal. And then it was really just like, shit, our guys are, we're building something special. It wasn't like, whatever. We lost our first match. We're still in second place. One point, whatever, behind City.
0: Like, And honestly, did anybody expect us to be in this position at
2: all this season? Hell no. The fact that you see posts right now that people are like, "Oh, Arsenal's still the only invincible team," like the fact that folks were having it in the back of their mind, like the fact they're saying that means that it was in the back of their heads that Spurs yeah. might pull this off.
0: And I'm, I'm kind of glad. You.
2: We did. And I'm, I'm kind of glad you. We, we live did
0: rent free team. in their
2: heads. Like it was probably killing them to see. You know, that it's, Spurs it's, it's
1: like it's every time, every time somebody gets. Ten games into the season in the NFL, and they're undefeated. They they fucking trot out the seventy two fucking Dolphins to start talking on TV and shit.
2: Yeah, it,
1: it, it's the same. It's the same bullshit.
2: It's almost I, like I, a, honestly, like a pressure is like lifted. Like now we don't yeah. have to worry about Big Angel's home streak. We don't have to worry about the winning streak. Right yeah. now, so and by, the way, and by the way. By the
1: way, just for the record, uh, uh, Arsenal was beaten that year they they did get beaten that year.
2: Just not, not in, the in the league, league but in, yeah, in, in the say, cup matches. Cup matches they lost. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So Mike, I'm going I'm going go? I'm going to start with you. I'm I'm going to read you this quote um and I just want you guys to react to it real quick uh cuz it's it's one of those things that I think sums up a lot of what we've been talking about here and this comes from a interview uh that our boy Decky gave uh and he says some things are bigger than life, bigger than football, bigger than the wins. Honestly, I was really proud of that moment and the fans. I was grateful, and it makes me want to give more back.
1: Mike, what are your thoughts? Uh, here's my thoughts. Like, <clears throat> here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, I, I'm not gonna say here's the thing. You know what's funny? It's like I one of my surgeons said that today, like six times. Um, but we it's not just decky it's it's the entire it's the entire club from from the 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 people that are in like food service uh to the people that are in uh concessions all the way up to the players and even probably some of the board members are like yeah this is what it's all fucking about right? It's everybody around the club. The fans are buying into it and the players are, are seeing that the fans are buying into it. Um, you know, we didn't see that with the, with the the two previous football terrorists that we had um, <laughs> in the club. You know, we didn't see that. We didn't see that with, with that nasty Italian and, and, and uh, and the Portuguese guy who, who, just called everybody out. We didn't see that shit we see a coach now who gets the players to buy into the system. He, he gets the fans to buy into the system. He's, but I think what Decky is saying is that there are some things that are bigger than football. And these are the things that Ange just talking about when you, and you know, this is not a situation where Ang is bigger, bigger than the club. He doesn't see himself bigger than the club. We are putting him on a pedestal. Um, and I asked the question a few weeks ago, is this too soon to be putting him on a pedestal? I don't know that it is like um, after this match. Uh, and and I said to you guys, I, I know I texted you guys. And I said, and I said, uh, I'm going to get a goddamn picture of, of a big Ange. And I'm going to hang it over the threshold of my house. Uh, just like my grandma used to do with uh, her picture of the Pope and her picture of JFK, you know? <laughs> um, hang this- it in the fucking Louvre, man. Like this is, this is the way, this is, this is, no, this is the way um, it, from now on, every player that comes in, they're either going to buy into the system or they're going to fucking leave. You know, you buy into the system and you know what, I'm going to tell you 99 times out of a hundred, that player, no matter who they are, is going to buy into the system because the system works and the system works because. Because the people that are in charge of that system are are good people, you know. It, it's about being a good human being, and it's about treating your players right, and it's about treating people right. And when the fans see that, they react to what the what the players are are doing on the field uh, because of because of what's been brought in. And as Spurs fans, we're fucking lucky. We are lucky, lucky, because we haven't seen this. We haven't seen this since probably 2016, 17, uh, you know, Pochettino days. Uh, And I don't even think it was that good.
0: So, Nick, over to you. Uh, a lot of the Instagram and social media type posts that I've seen coming from the players have essentially called out the fan support as the reason that they were able to keep fighting and keep going and how they're appreciative and, and you know, every superlative out there, They're they're high on the fans now being in the stadium uh you know it's one thing for us to you know hear the commentary say oh the fans are pushing the team along did you notice anything like that like the the stadium starts cheering and you can see that reaction like live in person
2: it was unlike and I, i've been to nfl games nba games mlb and it, like all that it was not it was like a next level like the fan involvement mattered like you know like they talk about like, you know seattle's got their like 12th man or whatever that's called, or the, uh, it it was like that. I am at like the, that place was rocking nonstop. We were down three to one and that place was still losing its mind, supporting the guys. And I think part of that is, you know, the players that we have on the field and in the club. And I think, you know, going off of Mike's point, uh, around what we have now, and the not having our our you know dark clouds that we had previously with our previous managers. Uh, you know, when I was at the training ground with uh, at least one of the Boston Spurs guys who could probably talk himself into a breakfast with with the president, uh, we were chatting with um, her name's Elaine. She's one of the marketing directors there who helped organize all the stuff for uh, um, the crew. And, and she was just saying how everybody is so happy at the club right now. Like it was like, they're all just happy to be there. And we asked for like, you know, do you think some of that was around like Kane leaving? And she's like, well, you see what it's done to some of the guys. And you look around the stadium, like Sonny was trying to take over that match and leading by example, every chance he got, when guys got knocked down or something happened and he's over there, like, let's go. Like, Arms up, you know, trying to rally the troops. It's almost like, man, shit, he should have been the fucking captain three years ago. You know who well, I saw
0: doing that but, that I really love to see? Uh Pedro Poro. They showed him on yeah. the on the screen. He, like, I, I don't know if it was a clearance he made or if he just ferried a
1: ball out, but he just turned around and he's like, come
0: on, come Tim, on. And Heubierg,
2: Um, Vicario. When he, what Heubierg,
1: when he popped that ball up over the... yeah maybe that dude's a born center back who fucking knows like that guy's got Dude, he's gonna have confident to be. with the ball at his feet he's confident with the he's ball he's not at his gonna feet.
2: have a choice yeah
1: um I you know I I wanna I wanna say something to the point like um that Sonny's leadership I think Sonny's leadership has been great all season long I think it failed us a little bit in the, in in the moment um because Romero got away with a red card uh, for that kickout. out. Um, a got away with a red card earlier with a two footed challenge. We already talked about. Um, I think Sonny at that point should have grabbed, should have grabbed Romero um, after the kick out and said, knock it the fuck off. We need to fucking buckle down here. We're winning this game. We're controlling this game. You need to fucking settle down. And I don't think in, you know, I, I, not that that would have worked, but I can say I can say that you know, Romero feels hard done. I mean, he got he, he got tackled by Connor Gallagher pretty hard um, and no called. and uh, he got he got frustrated, um, and you know, Tiago got under his skin a little bit too, which we know Tiago likes to do. Tiago's a little shithouser, too. Um, and to his credit, it worked. But I think that Sonny's leadership should have shown through then. Um I also he should, have, he should have grabbed him right by the shirt. But
2: you know I also think he Udogi should have probably come off like with that first with that first foul. We knew the ref wasn't calling a lot in our favor. You knew it was coming. And that's like once he got the first one, we're like, he's getting a second one. And, yeah, and he and he knew he knew the second that he made that
1: challenge that he shouldn't have, and he didn't he didn't need to.
2: Dyer played that, and that's what I think what was something with Dyer in particular when he did come on, when Udogi got the second yellow, the whole place was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like Dyer played that flawlessly, and yep. he had Vic- Vicario had the angle cut off. Dyer played the other guy offside, and then Udogi did that stupid shit and you're like the whole place is like why did you do that that was he immaturity. said he did it himself on the field that was just it, it was head. immaturity it was and that's when we that's what lost he's the young match kid last,
1: was, he's a young kid you know and these things yeah. happen we can sit here and analyze this and analyze this and analyze this um to the end um Romero is what Romero is and, and, and I think that the good is going to outweigh the bad in the end. Like you said, he's a walking yellow card. He is probably a walking red card. There were a number of times this season, the United game probably should have gotten a red card. Um, I mean, there were a number of times, uh, he fucked us last year in uh, uh in the champions league against, uh, against Milan, like. Somebody needs to grab him and just shake him a little bit. Um, but at you the same time, partner. like you want that, you want that in a player. You want that aggressiveness. You want that edge. You want you want a player who's going to play that close to the edge because when you have a, a, an aggressive player who's who's as skilled and talented as he is, that's what that's where you win games. That's how you how you keep that edge, and that's how you frustrate other teams because those are the teams that they know that well they can get under his skin but if he's on his game on his day he's not being beaten and and you know the, the greatest of all time has has said it that he's the best defender of the world on his day
0: absolutely absolutely Nick I know it's getting late for you uh over in London so you know if you want to take off uh great i've got a very important question that i'm going to be asking mike in a second so uh not really going to need much of your stadium expertise and i'm sure you'd want to get some sleep ahead of your uh your flight but uh thanks for joining us absolutely
2: yeah no thank Dave. you guys for having me and uh you know i'm excited to, to see you guys when i get back if we could catch a match together i've got uh i was able to snag a bunch of these match pet pa- match uh Folders for you. There's actually pretty cool. There's a whole lot oh, of information nice. about the history of the club. I got one for, for each of you guys, as well as some keychains and stickers and things for your kids and stuff. So the awesome. Uh, Much
0: appreciated, man. We'll have to get you back on here. Uh, you know, when you're stateside and we can do this uh full length. <laughs>
1: yeah. We'll do but this, we'll do go. this at my house.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that'd work. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Nikki links. Thanks again, uh, Mike. I'm going to you with a very important question, and I think you know what it is.
1: That question is, "Hey, Mike, what you drinking?" Well, Steve, I'm going to tell you something. I got this beer uh, that Dave uh, was supposed to be here for, and Dave had chosen um, before he before he abandoned us the last two weeks. Uh, dave, left us we, to the wolves he did he did he left us to, to the winks to the nicky winks um, oh
0: right wolves is next week that's Wolves right. is next
1: week that's correct <laughs>
0: so help uh, me if, if dave well misses done that, steve
1: well done we're getting that we're getting that pun off it's happening uh, <laughs> um it's it's good to laugh after a loss isn't it because like last year it's like you're like you, you feel like fuck all Dude. week last year we
0: could win a game one nothing and i would still feel miserable yeah like why are you so fucking dour steve <laughs> well I, I look i'm not so much dour anymore um i am a little disappointed because i do feel like that game was ours to to win and it it wasn't so much the chelsea one it's that we lost right like the emphasis is that spurs are the architects of that yeah um,
1: but,
2: we'll, but you know
0: what? You know what? I've that. I've settled down, I've thought about it, you know, I've I've given myself that you know bit of distance away from it. And I, I do think that it is absolutely um it, it needed to happen, right? We needed to go through that level of um that loss, that that negativity, the being up against it, because it really shows. That the players are bought in, the, the fans are bought in, that everybody is willing to accept it. Um, now, if it happens every week, I think we're going to have problems eventually. But right now, uh, with where we are, with what we're seeing, uh, you know, I think Ange has bought himself a lot of grace in this first ten games, uh, and and I think it's just going to make us that much stronger, especially when we're back to full strength when we've got Van de Ven back. Uh, depending on the extent of of madison's injury but uh anyway i'm i'm getting sidetracked let's talk yeah. about beer
1: yeah yeah um so this the thing beer, that helps uh, us with a loss <laughs> the thing that helps us so this beer is uh from scotland scotland yeah and you know usually think like american breweries are known for some pretty weird fucking shit right yes i do think uh, that quite often yeah do you ever think about Scottish breweries? Uh, I
0: think about Scottish yeah, uh, whiskeys.
1: McEwen's. McEwen's, you know. It, it, um, but we have... Scottish ales, I guess. Um, Scottish ales. Uh, uh, Scottish, uh, I've said it before, Scottish ales. Uh, a Scottish ale has been the uh, result of one of the worst headaches I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, it, it lasted two days and I was uh, away with friends. Um this is from simple things fermentation uh it's in glasgow um and it's imported uh it's imported by uh lime lime ventures uh they uh they're in Concord, california they they're big importers of craft brews from uh from overseas but that's not what's cool about this beer this beer is a collaboration uh simple things fermentations has done a couple of collaborations um, and this is a collaboration with uh Deanston Bakery. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> um, apparently, it's endless. probably a pretty a pretty famous bakery um who makes cinnamon buns, apparently. Um, I didn't do any research into this. um, but this beer uh, oh, I boy. love I love brown ales. I love, love, love them. I love the maltiness. I love the this time of year it lends itself great to a brown ale. Uh, Long Trail Harvest Ale is one of my favorite one of my favorite beers of all time. Um, This is called Cinnamon Bun Brown. Oh boy! Yeah, so it is. (laughs) It's a collaboration with Deanston Bakery. Um, It's a brown ale brewed with the exceptional Deanston Bakery, uh, in homage to their legendary cinnamon buns. It's sweet, soft, comforting, and gently spicy with subtle notes of caramelized brown sugar um yeah so uh i'm intrigued i'm intrigued yeah it says some, support small independent producers and i am 100 on board with that it's not just my hippie vermont roots um but uh it's just I'm, common sense i'm gonna show you this stf maybe some yeah and this is the other side throw a U the in there bakery. it's perfect shut the fuck. anyway and drink we're cracking that open. can open dude immediately all oh, i smell cinnamon like immediately interesting interesting wow this is crazy um i love it, it, my guess is that the the sweetness and i mean all of this added into this brown ale is going to make it super boozy um the cinnamon and the spices it's gonna make it it's gonna i bet it's gonna taste a lot like a like a Christmas ale. I'm putting it in. You
0: May. know, I, I love those sort of, uh, you know, Christmas time, Thanksgiving time flavors, the nutmegs, the cinnamons, the cloves. Like that's that stuff for me is the holidays. Like,
1: dude, we, you know what I'll do? I, I've had it before, but this year for, for the Christmas time, I will I will review. um, I will review Steve uh, Anchor's Christmas ale that they do. I'll get it. I'll I'll get this year's anchor Christmas ale, and we'll do that. It's that's fantastic. But uh, my favorite Grateful Dead mug here. I love my Grateful Dead mug. I put my gin and tonics in it, but we're going to put it brown on here. That's
0: darker than anything we've had this season so far.
1: I think so. Uh, These are not dark days, but.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's dark out right now, but uh, yeah, here he goes. Oh, boy. I am quite excited, you know, watching you drink that it like the bottom of it almost looked like it could be a dessert, like just the round, dark color like that looks like like a custard or pudding almost.
1: it's really interesting interesting it, it is okay, so uh straight off the top head, um yes. Dave wants to know about the head on it, right? Oh, he's all about the head, yeah, it's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Um it's like an icing. It's like a little icing, you know, like a cinnamon bun icing. It's very, very sweet. Um uh, I like it. I like it a lot, actually. Um it's fizzy like you would get from like a brown ale, like your classic brown ale's are your new <clears throat> Newcastle brown ale. Um Saudi uh FC brown ale uh yeah it was saudi brown ale um (laughs) look they they did us a service this weekend yeah uh, all right fair enough fair enough I, i i don't i don't blame the players i blame the ownership group and i don't blame the fans i blame the ownership group um i i i love this beer um i wish i could get more i have another one from them maybe we'll save that for next week with with dave If they decide to ever come back on, if he's Um, allowed, if if mom and dad let him on, I know, I know, um, he's a he's a slave to the system. If only he had a union.
0: Well, yeah, a union. Love to talk to him next week about work-life
1: balance. That's what I think. It's it's, it has the notes of, that cinnamon. It's got the sweetness of a cinnamon bun, um it's really interesting
0: yeah because when it, I think it's an I,
1: assault on your senses yeah
0: because well, when I think of like brown ear, like like you said right it's that maltiness and I don't know if like the it malt and that. the sweetness usually plays off but it seems like it's working
1: for you it's really working um I really like this beer um it's not it's not going to end up in one of the top beers I've ever had Steve uh just to give you an idea but um Solid, straight up. Uh, let's just get to the rating. Uh, I'm going to give this a uh 3.5. I,
0: I oh, did He got it. <laughs>
1: right when I said I finally
0: it. got one.
1: Right when I said it, he sent it to me. Um I needed to
0: I needed to do it quick enough so you knew I wasn't screwing around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he got one, finally. So now Dave, you, Dave, you, you, you can Dave put that in and the notes. Ricky have gotten one. You Dave and Ricky have gotten one um uh, it, yeah dude it's a good beer it's a really good beer um if if i ever get over there i'd love to, to to look into this brewery um i have a problem with language barriers and i know that they don't speak english english over there but
0: it's scottish english i'm
1: going after the scots i've gone after ohio today We we've it's already you- been canceled by florida
0: it, all, all I can think of is—have um, you ever seen Euro Trip? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, when they're on the the United bus and the guys talking to him with uh, <laughs> you know his English, and it's just like, you guys have taken swearing
1: to a whole other level here. That's see, that's the way I think when I listen to uh, you know the fighting cock, you know.
0: Yeah. That's I why like I told. It.
1: That's why I said to Ricky like i i let i let my son listen to you, so uh you know he can learn how to swear properly Probably. um but this beer this beer's good man um three point five we're gonna just and maybe this is too uh, on the nose, but uh, hey, you don't have the dave police here to we don't have the dave police um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go neil young cinnamon girl interesting, interesting neil young yep
0: yeah dave would uh... Oh, uh, you had that right. Oh, to go. you had that planned. Uh, oh, cinnamon. Uh, you had My planned. name's Dave. You should pick a Chicago song. Oh. <laughs> I can't All wait right. for Dave to listen to this. <laughs> this is gonna
1: be great. Uh, so yeah, this has been. Uh, hey, Mike, what you drinking? With simple things fermentations, uh, in collaboration with Deanston Bakery. Uh, this is cinnamon bun brown, and I'm gonna enjoy the rest of this.
0: So Mike, let, let's look ahead.
1: All right, we've got Wolves coming up. This yeah, this is this is the conversation we want to have. Every other podcast has has uh, has taken the, anal- the you know, the analysis of the game um has has talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. Um I wanted to get Nikki on to talk about the 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 experience in the in the stadium um and not try and overanalyze the match. And that's not saying that because you know that I have a strict policy of not listening to any other podcast before we record. Um, I, I, I just wanted to make sure that every other, you know, we know that every other podcast has done analysis. Absolutely. Um, And we like to do that, but like right now, I think that it's important to talk about what's coming up. I think it's important to talk about it. I'm glad to have Nicky on because he was able to talk about the, you know, the experience in the stadium and, and we don't have to sit here and overanalyze things and have people listen to the same shit that they've listened to from every other podcast. So uh, I, I think this is a great time to start talking about, you know, what's coming up, what's on the horizon because all of the things that we said we needed to win the league. They've, they've, everything that we said has to happen for us to win the league has just come to pass, right? Like we said, we can't have injuries to these people. We can't have injuries. Everything happened. Those injuries happened. The cards have happened at the wrong time. The, you know, the suspensions have happened at the wrong time. All of this has happened. is still a risk, too, by the way. Yeah, he is because if he gets a yellow card, if he doesn't get a yellow card against Wolves, if he does against Villa, guess what? There's Basuma out for the city game. We already know Romero's out for the city game. We already know Van De Ven's out for the city game. Like how many more? The, Richie's likely out for the city game. You yeah, know? but Richie, I'm less concerned about. I mean, look, he's a good guy. I love him. Let's talk about Wolves.
0: Yeah, so as you said, no Romero, no Vandevent, no Destiny, maybe no Madison. Who knows? Maybe. It depends, right? Like, it looked like he was walking fine. It really didn't look like that big of a deal, but it was a non-contact injury, and those can be pretty nasty. Well, Um, we all know that, that
1: Son has limped off the field every single game of his entire career.
0: Yeah,
2: because I I, got
0: to say, the one thing that I do appreciate about Ange, um, and I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but I think he was right to pull Madison. I would rather have the preventative measure to protect the health and safety of the player than force him to play on and make it worse.
1: We can talk about that because I think Ange made every single, every single substitution he made was absolutely on point and correct. And agree. that's not in, not, that's not in hindsight. That's at the time that it was made. I loved that Benteker came on for Decky. Cause they had a moment. They had a moment when, oh, they, when they did their high-fiving situation, but um, yeah, let's, let's talk about Wolves because here's a team that can't score that seems to be getting points when they're, when they're needed to and 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 wolves have been doing this for years. It's it's the same with Crystal Palace. Um Villa has just gotten good, but um, uh, it's the same with Crystal Palace. They've been doing it for years, they've been skating by um keeping themselves you, you know mid-level. Wolves last year probably should have should, probably should have gone down. Um, but see they, here's the
0: thing about Wolves. They're
1: they're looking they're they they have a manager not unlike us that the, the fans and that the team is buying into right now. Yeah. They do. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same feels as us, but look, if I'm wolves right now, I'm looking
0: at the sort of injury slash suspension crisis that we've got. And I'm thinking if we're going to take points off of this team, this season, now's the time to do it. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, I, I think they're probably going to come out swinging. I think they're going to try and, and get something out of it. And whether or not they're successful entirely depends on how well the uh B team or so to say, uh can handle their responsibilities. Cause you know, I, I've mentioned it to you guys already. I despite Dyer playing admirably uh in his time uh for the Chelsea game, I still don't trust him in that back line. Not alone, at least. He's too slow. Um and frankly, like you play Hoiberg there, you play Emerson there. I don't know if they necessarily have the speed to, to you know, help him out. I think Hoiberg does. Hoiberg maybe, Emerson maybe, but, you know, it's not ideal, right? Mickey was like the ideal person to have there if we needed Dyer to take over for Romero, but we don't have him. Uh, so I'm I'm concerned. He's one of those players who... You know, one game isn't going to erase what he's done in the last several. So I'm I'm worried about that back line now. Personally, if there was ever a time for somebody like Phillips to come in and show that he is capable of taking the step up, now is the time to do it. Whether if he starts, if he starts that game, and I'm not saying he will, and I don't honestly I don't think he will, but if he does. It is going to be such an interesting thing to watch because this is somebody, like if you think about Ange's philosophy, if you get the chance, if you have the opportunity, it's up to you to take it and make it yours, right? Is this going to be the type of player to step into that role and show Ange, hey, I should be, you know, I really should be fighting for a position with this first team. I am ready and I'm capable. I don't think he's going to start. But I also wouldn't put it past Ange to do something like that, especially for wolves. But I know you don't think that's gonna happen. what What do you think's coming?
1: so i, I it was so we talked about this earlier, right? Uh, we had a lot of takes um while Dave was trying to get work done. Steve and I are bouncing back and forth. Uh, I had a I had a little time in between my uh, my uh, cases today at work uh, in the operating room. Um, I So I, I did some research. I did a little research when I got home today, actually. Um, And turns out like, so Steve knows that I'm into like looking at the youth players. Uh, I, I, I do go, I, I bought my Spurs play again. I watched the I watched the youth teams play. Uh, Nick went, Nick went to watch that match that the U18 match. Uh, I was watching it at the time. Uh, um, so I, I do watch these kids play and I, and I, I don't have kind of the analysis that somebody like a windy has. Um, but, um, I did some research and, and there's not a lot on, on Ash Phillips out there. Um, I didn't know if he was fast or not. It turns out he's fucking fast. Dude is fast. Dude is athletic. Um, and i may have changed my take steve interesting Interesting. i think against a team who like a let's face it like like i said they have a manager that people are buying into that the team is buying into that maybe the fans are buying into um they seem to get results when they need them when the teams below them are, are doing well they get the results um they still can't fucking score a goal but um I think that this is the game that you want to see Ash Phillips play. Now, I'm going to, if you're going to, if you're going to, I mean, because, because you don't want to have like throw somebody like Dyer in there and, 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 and Hoyberg give it a chance at center back and be like, okay, this didn't fucking work against Wolves. And then have to rely on like Ashley Phillips to come in and be like, Okay, now you have now you have to play. We need we need Hoiberg in the midfield, and and you have to, or we can't have Dyer back there. You have to play against Villa.
0: Here's, here's the curveball. Villa's now good. I, Villa's We're not talking good. a lot about Ashley Phillips, right? But there is somebody else who could potentially also take that step. Dorrington. Up. Dorrington. <laughs>
1: okay, so so Phillips has. <laughs> <laughs> um but this and and not to mention tei again uh here here's where i go all the nathan on you uh do you want to have <laughs> do it do Let, you let's hear a, it let's hear it do you want to have a guy who's played uh in the u21s or u18s um go out there in front of a guy who has played championship football
0: I mean, that's a, it's a good question. Right. And like, and like is- I said,
1: like I said, like, I think Dorrington is probably steady I think he's probably a, a player who's going to be good. Um, he's, I think in the long run, I think he, maybe he might be better, but, uh, than, than Phillips, but right now, what we need is somebody who's got comparable skills and comparable athleticism to uh, a Mickey Vandavan. Um, it's maybe, it's and, and maybe Dorrington, like he might have the, uh, he might have a uh, better footwork. Let's just say footwork. He might have better footwork than, than say somebody like Phillips, but you know, there's just not a lot of Phillips to, to look at to see. Like we have, we have Dorrington highlights, you know, because he's been in our, in our system. Is there. <sighs> You see, this is this is where things could get interesting, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's a fun conversation to have. You could sit here and talk about it all night long.
0: And uh, honestly, you know, for me in the end, what, it's gonna be
1: it's gonna be Dyer and Hoiberg back there.
0: Well, I that's the thing. Does and Emerson. I, I'm not sure. I think the, the conversation of who starts alongside Dyer entirely depends on who is fit and ready to start in midfield. If Benton Kerr is fit to start a game, he's not. Okay, let's say Madison's injured. Is La fit enough to start a game? Because if bench. he's not, if he's not, if Lecelso can't start, if Benton Kerr can't start, and those two are, are off the bench options, it's gotta be Basuma Sar and Hojbjerg in midfield.
1: Who I Doesn't mean you did to. you you did make the argument that you could drop Decky in there. You drop Decky, uh you play Brian on the you play Brian on the left where he is uh, most comfortable. You play Brennan Johnson on the right, who, again, unfortunately didn't get a good run out. And Brennan Johnson, I'm going to tell you, in that game, those first 20 minutes was fucking, and to use your words, was electric.
0: Yeah, he was really good. Kid is,
1: like, kid is, kid is sick, dude. And 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 he's going to thrive under edge. He's going to become a superstar under Ange. Um, I
0: think so. I think look, so. He's look, got I pace. think you could put
1: Brian on the left. I think that's where where, where he came from, um, where he's most comfortable is the left side. And and Brennan Johnson, great on the left. Uh, he's played a lot of his career on the right. You put him on the right, you drop Decky in the midfield in that Madison role if Madison can't play. My guess is Madison plays, I think. like, He could have a knee, he could have an ankle, I don't even know what happened in that play. It looked weird.
0: Yeah, it looked like he might have jarred his ankle. Um, going Yeah, I, I quite
1: honestly, like, first glance. Remember, I texted you guys and I said I I think that's an Achilles.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. But I mean, but he he, like off. I said, he he, he walked, walked off, off.
1: You know, we, he didn't would look seen, to be in any. We would have seen group. Kobe getting carted off. You know, like when Kobe did his Achilles two times. Yeah, I I, I think that there's like a Vandeman lot to talk about. Help. Yeah. I, I think this is a I think this is an easy lineup to look at. I think that um we can beat Wolves pretty easily. But do you want to try the Ashley Phillips uh project now? Or do you want to try it against Villa? Because look, if I- it doesn't if it doesn't if it doesn't work out with not trying it now, you're gonna to have to try it against Villa. And do you wanna do you wanna take the risk against Villa?
0: I, at look, at the very least, one of Phillips or Dorrington is ending up on the bench at the very least, I think um, Phillips,
1: I, I think they're both ending up on the bench. And I think that phillips is is the better option to put out there because he's got championship experience, yeah.
0: It, it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you that. Um, but, you know, I also don't expect it to be easy. I think that it's going to take you know, the squad has said a lot of the right things, talking up the fans, talking up how they want to give back and keep on fighting and turn things around. Um, and this is, uh, this is sort of the, the perfect game for that in my mind. Right. Cause it's a, it's a hard team, you know, but it's not, um, like it's not city, right. It's not, it's not a, a top team. It's, you know, they're going to make things difficult. They're going to, you know, like I said, I think they're going to try and push and make things happen because they're going to see that we are weak down the center. I think that that kind of plays to our advantage in a way. Um, And then it's just up to the players, like prove it, prove that you've bought into Anja system from top to bottom. The guys that get the start out there need to be, you know, ready to go, ready to drive everything home. I do think we can get the win. Um, yeah. But it, it's it's going to be and it's a mentality test for me too. You know, yep. this this squad has been through a lot over the last few years. Well, some of the new guys maybe don't have uh, you know, the the terrorist football PTSD. Uh, <laughs> but when you've got a guy like Dyer, who has been through it all, uh, who is probably going to be starting for the foreseeable future and next yeah. three games at the very least, um, you know it does he have the mentality is he able to turn it around and that's this is going to be a great test for for all of them you know prove that you have what it takes show us that you can stand up to adversity that you can take it on the chin and you can go another round and push forward and i yep. think you know i think it was nick uh, who had mentioned it earlier you know son was out there rallying everybody trying to put the game on his shoulders and drive it home if he can get everybody on the team to give that level of effort, we'll be fine. For wolves at least. I'm a little more concerned about, you know, the villa and city matches, but first things first, let's get through wolves. Let's let's see if we can uh you know get get our three points and and stay competitive.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Well, we're coming up on the uh what my friends on the NFL Red Zone channel like to call uh the witching hour. Oh, um Yes. We are past Halloween. I understand this. Um, but uh, let, let's talk about final thoughts here because uh, I, I've, I've got some uh, lined up, but I, I want to I know what you think uh, coming out of this week into next week and in the, and in the future.
0: My final thoughts, you know, I, I've got to echo what uh, some of the players have been have been saying on social. And it's just that I've been really impressed with the fan reaction uh, you know uh, for as much as i want to pick on fans for being you know a little bit too you know off the cuff let's just you know have that knee-jerk reaction to every little thing this was an opportunity for some of those vocal minority fans to get out there and make a mountain out of a molehill um but i i didn't really see that like i haven't seen much of that reaction i didn't see anybody blaming anyone i saw a lot of unity um and and honestly you know when you're losing to a rival like that in that fashion it would be easy for fans to be upset and to try to find a scapegoat and to try to you know oh this player should never play for Spurs again this player was awful but I all I saw online were people coming together and showing that they've got their support ready to be dished out uh, you know next week for Wolves and for the foreseeable future, like I said, I think Ange has bought himself a lot of grace. And I, you know, kudos to the fans, each and every one of you out there. I, I have to imagine it's most of our listeners who who are in agreement with this. Um, you know, keep up the support. It's it's fantastic. I I love coming away from games, even games that we lose, and seeing fans still supporting them with, with pride and with vigor. Uh you know, I, I mentioned it to you guys. Club motto: To dare is to do. We dared. You know, we we failed, but we played well. We did our thing. We didn't compromise our values. And I am so looking forward to a lot more of that coming soon.
1: I'm um. I'm absolutely proud of this team. I'm angry with. Um I'm angry with Romero. I'm not angry with Romero, I'm disappointed. Um I'm disappointed. I'm not mad, I'm
0: disappointed.
1: I'm disappointed with the with choice that a, a doggie who has shown so much um composure and has shown so much uh passion uh throughout the season. Um, for, for such a young, young man. I mean, this is, this whole team are full of uh, young men who are amazing. Um, I want to talk about real quick, uh, the Highline works with Nine. Um, that's not really what I want to talk about Is my, my end goal, <laughs> but the Highline works with Nine. Um, I just want to mention it because I think there are a lot of people out there. Let's let's make this my final thought. Um I have some other thoughts but um we'll talk about VAR another time. The highline works with nine. Um I my name is that on YouTube um on our live stream today. Because we have a team and we've talked we talked about it earlier that has bought into a system. Um we have a team that has that has bought into or that has excited the fans and has made the fans buy into the system. Um we have bit players and role players now who in the past were were forced starters, right? Um who have bought into the system have bought into their new roles on the team. Uh those guys being Ollie Skip, who's been a starter in the past, uh, Hoyberg, Ben Davis. The high line works with nine means that we had nine guys out there, um, killing themselves. And these are not these are not nailed on starters, killing themselves for that cockerel, for that Tottenham Hotspur football club. Um, we don't see that in American sports a lot, right?
2: right we don't yeah. see that. We
1: like outside of guys like Derek Jeter and David Ortiz, we don't see that kind of like we're playing for this club. You know, um, I, I think that like a lot of people, uh, and we heard it initially. A, a lot of the a lot of the analysts out there going. Oh, it's naive doing what they did. You know they were going to get scored on four times because it's naive doing what they did. But Ann said it after the game, and, and and I I know I keep mentioning Ange, but he said it after the game. We could go down to nine, ten, ten guys. We go down to nine guys. We go down to five. We're going to have a crack. You know what that tells? That tells the fan. The 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 casual fan even. We're going to fucking try for you. We're going to go out there. We're going to put our asses on the line for you. And these bit players that, that went out there and did that job make me just fucking want to run. It makes me want to run through walls for this team, for this club. And as a fan, it makes me so just full of pride. And and it's a pride that I've not felt since I started watching this club.
0: Absolutely.
1: And 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 I just and I just think like the future is so goddamn bright. And this one loss, it doesn't mean shit. It, you know what? And and, and it sucks because like we're living rent-free in these people's minds. But Arsenal, Arsenal fans, they wanted to see us fail. And we failed. But you know what we did? We turned that shit back around and said, "Yeah, but you know what? This ain't the fucking end." Yeah, this season. This this ain't the end, you know. Uh, And and going forward, I think the future is really, really bright for this club. And uh, and I just want to thank uh, Pope Pope Ange the first for 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 giving that for giving that to us, you know, for giving that to us as fans
0: absolutely absolutely and with that i think i'll give it uh the classic quiz 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 and don't be an asshole and you know guys like, what uh, you?
1: the world is crazy out there uh you know spurs are losing games uh spurs fans are still happy uh you know i just got one thing to say actually two things to say because uh, I, I highlighted it in my in my final thoughts, but uh you know let's first of all be safe, but you know, Tottenham Hotspur action It's fantastic.